Welcome to From Dream to Silver Screen, the podcast that follows the whole journey of making Wagyu Films' debut movie, Patriarch. The team are going to take you through acquiring funding, pre-production, filming, editing, visual effects, and even selling the film, all while providing hours of advice for filmmakers, actors, and crew, with hopefully a few laughs along the way. This podcast is sponsored by Zimplify, sales and marketing automation software that helps your business grow fast. Go to Zimplify.com forward slash Patriarch to get 20% off your first three months. That's Z-Y-M-P-L-I-F-Y dot com forward slash Patriarch. We're also sponsored by Mostly T-Shirts Mostly dot com. Fun and random T-Shirts and hoodies for real film fans. See if you can get the references. Visit Mostly T-Shirts Mostly dot com to buy your next favorite T-Shirt. Enjoy the show. Welcome to From Dream to Silver Screen, the uh, podcast which covers the making of Patriarch, Wagyu Films' um, debut film. And my name is David Roberts. I'm the writer-director of Patriarch. I'm joined by the visual effects and post-production supervisor, Scott Bishop. Hello. And the director of photography, Sean Bishop. Howdy. There you go. So what we're going to talk about today is we're going to talk about the biggest lessons we learned from doing our short film. So basically, how can you learn from our mistakes um, I would recommend, if you go on our YouTube channel, it's a Patriarch movie, I would look for um, Weight and Embers, because they'll be the two we'll talk most about today. Um, but before we get into that, I suppose we'll do some movie news really quickly. So the first one is, uh, apparently Matrix 4 is preparing to film. Right, spoiler alert, if you don't remember, Neo died yeah, at the end I don't end know how they're going to do it. What do you think could be... Well, the story, and Keanu Reeves is in it, apparently. Him and, what's her name? Trinity. Carrie, Carrie I was going to say Carrie Fisher. No, uh, what's her name? Let's just go with Trinity. We all know Trinity. I know Trinity, <laughs> yeah. Let's not try and what, put her what, face in there. What would be a suggestion for what the actual film would it's be about? It's a reset. Yeah. They've reset the Matrix. So he's all right from the beginning again. Yeah, but wasn't he a physical person? Do you think he'll be a, a program rather than an actual person in the real world? So some, there'll be a new Neo or a new Morpheus, bound to be the young, cool guy. What he thought was not the Matrix last time was still the Matrix. <laughs> Incep- in like an Inception, Inception. type thing. I agree. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Let's so it's like, deeper. so very much like a reset sort of thing where it was, it was a glitch. It was a glitch in the Matrix, but they were still within the Matrix. That so it's like of. the ending of Existence where Existence. Oh, he comes out of the game. That is a reference nobody will know. <laughs> Uh, are they in the game? game and then are they, they out of the game? game. Yeah. Oh, okay. But, um, yeah, so he's, uh, that's apparently about to... It was about to start filming until COVID, but it's getting ready to go. Avatar sequels, apparently they're filming three back-to-back. <laughs> I know a lot of people... What, what does James Cameron want to tell us all about the yeah. world now? <laughs> I don't think people went to it to go watch the story. It was when th- it was the first 3D. 3D, yeah, yeah motion yeah, yeah. capture. So I... And it's Fully, costing hundreds of millions. They designed cameras for that film, wasn't it? So why three, though? Do you know they yeah, usually do a trilogy? Go. So why do they need to make four films? Yeah, I yeah. think there's rumours of five, but it just say that there's three actually in production to go back to back, which if you've seen any photos, it would have been for one of three. But hmm, I, don't I, know. I, I don't see the point. Uh, it ends the way it ends. There's no follow-up to it. <laughs> it works sure. it does. I think you're milking it after that, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the final like, bit, I guess he just wanted to go down the ocean and doing some diving more again to kind of learn about yeah, I, th- I think apparently this, mm. it's one of them's more like the abyss it's like all underwater yeah. so. is, is he just going to like start infiltrating lots of different 
alien species and falling in love with each of them. I don't know. Having an, a, a gratuitous, inappropriate love scene. With a big blue cat. <laughs> yeah, cat with, but it, with each species, just going to... He's gonna start having a family with the the blue lot, and then the f- fish lot, and he's then you know he's got that. Then in like the fourth, it's about him balancing his his, de- his horrible lifestyle. He's a that deadbeat he's dad who's yeah. just got multiple, <laughs> yeah. multiple Al- alien families, alimony payments to <laughs> to the to every know. different family. Well, he's obviously freaky, isn't he? He obviously likes big blue things when. It's a different species, but he's into it. But yeah, And the last bit of, uh, and most important bit of uh, movie news is Dave Franco is cast as Vanilla Ice in the Vanilla Ice biopic Vanilla coming Ice. up. What do you think of that? that is a, first of all, do you think it's good casting? And it won't be te- I don't think that's too bad if he gets the little shaves on the side. But what was the importance of having to make a, uh, a Vanilla, Vanilla Ice biopic? Well, I, th- I think... In this racially charged time, <laughs> a film about a white rapper that culturally inappropriately robbed someone's yeah, culture. He uh, I don't know. It's, Vanilla Ice was like six foot something though, wasn't he? He was I huge. Know. I just remember. Dave Franco was only a little thing. Do you remember Cool as Ice, the film he was in, where he was a cool guy on a yeah, motorbike? Yeah, the bad boy with a motorbike. And someone like, no. lose a zero and get with the hero. Do you remember that guy? Yeah. It was basically it was the, the scene from Ninja Turtles that's, that's turned into a <laughs> turned into a movie. <laughs> so it's, it's once he leaves the the concert yeah, soon, from there, soon, as soon as he finished performing, <laughs> you know, he was the bad boy <laughs> on a motorbike, falls in love with the good girl, but asks her, "Did you see like giant turtles?" <laughs> she, she turns his life around, very much like a John Cusack film, but cooler. <laughs> yeah, I was. Uh, but they're the most important <laughs> movie news I could find. They couldn't even afford the good Franco, though, could they? No. Well, <laughs> uh, the shit Franco. No, I, I don't know. I like, I I like, like Dave no Franco. No one I think, Dave yeah, Franco. Yeah, I like. The other Franco went mental, didn't he? Sending dick pics to everybody. And <laughs> that, was, that was the beauty of James Franco, though, wasn't it? He's method. He's got, he's got method. Um, all right, so let's get down to it. So um, what... Yeah, so we're going to go through uh, weights and embers. I don't think we have to go through them individually, do we? We can just talk. Have you, has any of you come up with individual ones, or should we just get into what did we learn? So what mistakes? If we we're going to do it again, what would you what would you sort? Actors. <laughs> mm. Actors make a massive difference in terms because even if you're making like a film with friends and stuff when you're looking back at it and you're reviewing it in the edit, all you see is your friends. You don't see the situation of the characters. Yeah. It's like when we read it, all I see is myself. Yeah. If you, if you don't know, uh, if you watch Wait, the lone survivor, because it's a post-apocalyptic film, like uh, the life of a survivor going, trying to make, follow, following rules from his father, trying to survive, and that is... Scott, the main guy in the... the but he doesn't look like thing. that. He just looks like a, a homeless vet <laughs> with a beer belly. It's like, he, this isn't post-apocalyptic. Wait, he's, no, he's, he's just very good at killing people. Yeah. <laughs> he kills someone daily. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't yeah. happen. He and he gets well. the good fats in. And yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but, just having natural actors that you can film and direct, and then afterwards you kind of see the... You don't see them as the actors, you see them as the characters. I think that was, uh, yeah, a lot of feedback. You know, when we showed... A, the film around to people that we didn't know we got great response and they even said something like you you didn't act too poorly but when we showed it around friends family trying to get some critique it's just that yeah that's yeah, scott yeah. and obviously he's not a famished 
post-apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> that, that one yeah, scene where you take it out. Run. <laughs> Why is Scott so out of breath? That yeah, was yeah. the third take. So... <laughs> Well, there's no medicine. Or that, that one, that f- the final, the final kill shot where you're picking out the the axe from the dead body, and you've just got that little, little dad, punch. that little dad punch, <laughs> <laughs> lifting it up, and there's ooh, yeah. the belly popping out the pants. Well, you you can eat well. You're good at surviving out there. You eat well. So, but yeah, no, it's it is a good point. To, I think we did it because we were doing it with speed, weren't we? It wasn't yeah, like yeah, it yeah. wasn't like a two people. There was no conversation with it. It was a journey with a voiceover going over it. Um, so I would say maybe if could you find? I mean, there's obviously budget things to do with it, but it just we just wanted to film and get it done, so we didn't have to audition anybody really quickly. We didn't have to um, negotiate any contracts with anybody. We were just we've got this idea. Let's get let's get it done without any delays. And the other thing, a lot of it relied on the weather, so we had to pop out. Uh, if it was a good day, didn't it? If it was raining outside, we just, we cancelled, I'm sure we cancelled a couple of days was, just because of the can, weather we outside. We cancelled a few times, yeah. I know so. when we got there, it actually snowed, but there was a couple of times where it was already raining or snowing or something where we just decided, oh, let's leave it. Where if we'd paid for the actor to be there, it might be a bit difficult. But you know, if you're making films, you'd probably be better if, could you find an actor who's starting off who would help out for deferred payment or would they do it for free if they haven't got much of a show wheel? No, I know. It's, it's a, what's the word? taboo subject of not pay actors we're not saying that it's just if you find something where they're part of the creative collaboration where they could be a producer on it yeah. as well or something contact, like that contact your local drama department possibly yeah. you know there's plenty of non-agency workers out there whereas you know you, you you get you get what you pay for really if you get like we like with our experience with the corporate stuff if we want a good presenter we have to pay for a good presenter if we want some good models, we have to pay for good models. If we want someone just to be in the back of the ground, that's gonna, not going to cost us as much. But there are, if, you, if you're out there, you're playing around with your, your lighting techniques, you're playing around with your blocking techniques, even learning how to direct talent, then working out ways, you know, places like Star Now has got a good yeah. database. There's hundreds upon thousands of people in there that would, you know, from from your everyday man to some drop dead gorgeous fellas. It's not even the, <laughs> it's not it's not even the what's the word the acting quality. I suppose it's more the professionalism. If you pay, if you don't pay an actor, what guarantee do you have that they're going to turn up in the morning? Mm. Which we've had before, even with paid, well, we actors, paid actors, where they haven't turned yeah. up, um, which is crazy. And then they actually. I didn't want to phone you and tell you because I thought you'd be angry or something. We'd rather be told. But I think it was more, it was just, we're going to get filmed this, let's do this, let's, let's get out oh, of that. I think that, that was, was more like from... The presenter that couldn't learn her lines, didn't realise it was auto-cued, and she was like, oh, I was too scared to show up because I yeah. didn't know the lines. So yeah, I just we didn't, didn't so expect sat to... around waiting all yeah. day. I thought we didn't expect you to learn, was it like 20 pages? I won't, I won't name drop here, it's, but uh... yeah, she knows who she is. <laughs> <laughs> um... But yeah, no, I'd agree. It, 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 um, we maybe wouldn't have filmed it as fast or maybe got it done as quick as we did. I don't know. I don't know. There's a sense that some people take it more seriously if it's if you're directing, act, unless you're a famous person, just say, wait a minute. And I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I do actually respect there are a lot of actors that get no opportunities to get themselves on camera. So I'd always say just go out and make your own films and put yourself in it. But I think just from us, it's, People often think it's an ego thing as well, don't they? When they stick yourself on camera, and that was the opposite 
with you, wasn't it? It was just the Scott do it. <laughs> just yeah, yeah, yeah. It. But you did a good job on it. It was good. There was emotive bits in it. There was no. It wasn't a dialogue bit. But you did a good job, didn't you? Everybody's nobody's commented about. Look at that. Who's <laughs> that prick? Nobody said that. Have they? Not so, yet. No, that's it. Well, until yeah, after this, I delete those Reddit posts. Uh, <laughs> right. So, uh, Sean, you got what's your anything? You um, well, I've got one that kind of spans across the two i think we my 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 main concern on the on the embers was the lenses that we got weren't from a trusted supplier and we ended up with a little bit of flare because they weren't clean um there's a there was a a little bit of flare on and and it's it was too late we we had that day to film so And I didn't want to switch out from my 35 because I was using my 35. I like the look of it. Mm-hmm. And it was, it's something that I pick up now. It's probably something that's not hugely noticeable unless other, other cinematographers, if, if, if people people see it. That's, there was a, that's there was a usually, couple of shots we couldn't use because of it. But it's like in, in weight, in weight we yeah. used our own lenses. We used my, my, tried and trust my, my lenses. So I... I knew what condition they were in. Yeah, we used we used Zeiss super speeds for embers because we wanted the shallow um, well, depth of focus. Whack it wide open. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, but it, when it worked well, they looked great. But if, they weren't exactly the newest lenses in the world, were they? So That's I think it. When we it was, hire them or go to somebody you else. Could, you could tell it was from. We. I mean, we. Yeah, it was the first time we'd ever hired from those guys. Yeah. Um, we had been recommended them. Uh, and I, I, I wouldn't go back to them simply on the, that experience. But it's, you know, if, if you're going to be hiring lenses, know who you're hiring from. Try and use them yeah, beforehand, use isn't them before, it? So yeah. if you can, if if you're usually you've got to go somewhere. To I think that was one where they we went with them because they would send us the lenses rather than us having to go and pick them up. I think. Um, but usually, it'd say if you can go and pick them up because you could take a camera with you and test I mean, it. They, tur- in, they in turned the up in, you. you know, they were packed well. They were in conditioned well. It's just my my yeah, a couple of lenses were weren't as clean as they should have been, and yeah. we didn't have time to start air blowing and d- taking them apart. And yeah. We were in the middle of the woods. Yeah. So it's just yeah. The lesson is just go to them and double check things before taking them out, isn't it? Really, I, th- I think that's I think a lot of be because we can see and we can we're looking for it. Where I think other people might people might watch it now and see it, but it's it's. It doesn't ruin it. I think it's more. I mean, we were te- we were playing with the, to the learn, ones to use the lenses to to figure out how much we could get away with and how much we could shape up the natural lighting, wasn't it? So yeah. for for embers, we, that was our test for this moving forward. But um, that just just that little little okay. streak, that little flare. I got you. Annoys me. Yeah, slightly. I mean, a lot of the shots didn't make it in. Um, yeah, you know, and so some of the that's the. That's one, and that wasn't even one of mine, but that is one I'll add, actually, is, what do they call it? Cut your darlings, whatever. The, uh, there was so many nice shots that were just amazing shots in both weight and um, uh, embers that we just cut out because it wasn't part of the story. Mm. You know, it's, it's like we did... Took you out of the story. Yeah, kind of. it was... Yeah. It was um, and I think that's when, like when we talked about... Uh, talked in last week's podcast when we were talking about like how first edits like it's not never be surprised if your first edit is a bit crap it's, <laughs> it's, but because we'd like squeezed in all just the cool looking shots and it was like any excuse to 
um, use it, and then but it just didn't make it so. That would kill your darlings, isn't it? That's the term. So it's kind of like it was just that was. It, don't be obsessed with a shot because it's really cool. If it doesn't actually fit into it, get rid of it. But yeah, no, that that was actually a huge one that I kind of come away with after that. But that kind of leads into the next one in terms of too many cutting and things. But um, was not blocking as a sense, but having long takes because we there was a bunch of times where we did like you look that way, we'll get that shot. Okay, cut. We'll walk around to the other side of you and get that shot when there's like a whole sequence because I think we were trying to save time we we did a lot of that cutting to save time but when I actually went into editing all of the most interesting stuff was the ones that we actually just left it running for a bit and you kind of like just like the shots where kind of like Scott kneels down and the camera follows him rather than cutting to a close-up of him um doing essentially like the five minutes of the whole sequence and then cut and then do a close-up of the whole sequence, which sounds weird and probably what you're supposed to do anyway. But I think just for time, we were like, no, we don't need that. It's just get a cut, get a cut, just get that close-up of this, and then I'll get a wide shot of the next thing. It's more, no, 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 the whole scene, get a wide shot of the whole scene, the close-up of the whole scene. But that's one thing I really picked up from when we were filming that. It was just, we were just trying to get through the day. It was like, okay, turn, click, record that, get 10 seconds of that. Okay, cut, move on. Just do the whole sequence, and it just would make it a lot more it's, interesting. It's like I, I like Paul Greengrass's stuff and yeah. like the Barry Barry Aykroyd stuff. That's, yeah, 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 it's almost like documentary, mm-hmm. but that's where he started. Paul Greengrass, mm-hmm. wasn't it? So, well, yeah, that's, uh, there's a story where the because he always does handheld, doesn't he? And, he was, and when he did Captain Phillips, bit, they were yeah. like, "No, this time we're going to use tripods. We're going to." And apparently halfway through day one, they're like, nope, get on your shoulder. And it was just all handheld stuff again. Yeah, but I mean, just, that's, that's they do it, multiple yeah. camera long takes, don't they? I think they did a, a three cameras or something like that. But it was just like, and Barry, Barry Aykroyd, was, I haven't watched a documentary with him not quite a bit ago. And he was just talking about working with Tom Hanks. Yeah. And he was that was his apprehension with him was like, is he going to be too Hollywood? Where he wants certain lighting, he wants to yeah, have certain... Yeah. But it's very natural light in there. Yeah, stuff, but they... they and, um, I think the good actors don't, do they? they, I, think think don't. He, I think after the first couple of days, he, 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 he after bumping, you know, walking around the ship and bumping yeah, yeah. into the cameraman a couple of times, he was like, right, I get this now. Yeah. I got it. I like it. I like, I like the stuff that you're getting. And I think most actors who zoom. work a lot want a different thing on each. The good ones want a different... So you're going to have somebody... Oh, yeah, Paul Greengrass, which is all very long takes, all handheld, and then the next... Are you working on what's the name, Paul W. Anderson? The one which is just all like locked off, beautiful, looks like still photos. Lich, yeah, paint the picture. Um, what's his name? Budapest Hotel guy. Is it Paul Anderson? Or is that the guy who did Eventurizing? Wes Anderson. That's it. Yeah. Um, Isn't that Resident Evil? Yeah, that's the guy. So it's, uh, but it's yeah. So it's every t- every every shot's different, I suppose. If you're an actor, you've got to, don't get used to one way of doing things, isn't it? And if you're a crew, exactly the same as well, because the next job will be. You can't do the same thing every time, can you? you I think it's to. that progression. Is is like some. I've seen a, a change over the last uh, twenty years where it used to be you had your frames, and it took like six hours to set up your frame and your shot. Yeah. And nowadays there is that more. I don't. I don't know if it's because lenses are faster, cameras are better sensors and stuff like that, and the color science is there. But you don't need as a, a bigger rig lighting setup you don't you no there's you can get away with more well no you're not not that you can get away with more there's like you can achieve more with less 
And yeah, like, and, know, and I think some people say, right, I've got to, you're here. That's just work out what works for you when you make films, isn't it? It's not like we've, this guy says, I've got, like, Chris Nolan uses these type of lights and cameras. Like, yeah, but you're not Chris Nolan. You work out what works for you and what you can afford. And that's a big part. What can you afford and make that look good, you know? It's the, what we do with what we're given is what makes us creative and more interesting, isn't it? Rather than just... Because that's what we're, we're trying to do with Patriarch, isn't it? Is, is shape the natural light and backlight yeah. and uses little very light po- Very Paul Greengrass yeah. type, not documentary, but yeah, kind of. <laughs> well, that's uh, the thing uh, that we went grounds. wrong with in weight was the whole lighting situation because we had no lighting equipment at all, did we? Oh, on the top of the mountain we did yeah. when it was we sunny. Had, had yeah. absolutely fuck all. And so there was the point, even though it was like a really bright sunny day, there was the whole standoff between me and Keith when when you were kind of composing the shots for Keith, it was really, really nice. Everything was kind of well exposure balanced. was every was was perfect. You yeah. had the blue skies. Uh, his face was really lit. And you cut to me, where where the sun was going. That was shooting straight into the direction of the sun. Yeah. So it was all kind of overexposed, and then I was just in black in shadow. And all we could have done was just had like a simple white board or something, yeah. just bouncing up and just kind of just to see my face because when we graded it, just to kind of bring back any sort of detail. In my expression, yeah. too, it was too, too pink way, as well in a weird way, didn't yeah. it? Yeah, it wasn't. Well, no, it's because nice. he was pink. We were sunburned that day. <laughs> but yeah, just ha- having some sort of lighting with you, just a, a, even just a bounce, it helps so much more. Well, we wanted, we we did want also reality, kind of like natural reality light, but it was a bit too natural reality, wasn't it? You still need a little bit of, of uh, something, something. Scott, you got another one? Scott's got like 96. Like, <laughs> I think me and Sean have got like two or three. For Sean's. Scott's got a Mine, Mine's all just kind of, there's, there's like sections that I can just kind of talk about really. But just uh, in terms of post-production and things, is keeping everything organized. That's the one <laughs> thing that we haven't done at all through both of those shorts. In, in was, where we put the files, you mean? Or uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because as soon as... Was that before we, we had a network? The stuff, so we can you took it. the card yeah. and you put it on a hard drive and then that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and then they just kind of stay there. And then you we get made an- two hard drives. No, yeah, yeah. We had a backup. That was it. But you, then you get another, uh, another day of filming and then you put it onto the same hard drive and then you just call it some odd folder name <laughs> yeah. and they get mixed in, in there and then someone else. And it's all just it's like mumble jumbled up all over the place. Yeah. And then the sounds as well. That was the sounds. Yeah. The sounds are just because when you, especially when you're like, you're working, you just kind of save wherever yeah. you like weight wait had about a thousand sounds on it. So yeah. it, like literally about a thousand. And they're, they're scattered throughout the whole hard drive. Yeah. And all, yeah. <laughs> and so it's, it's... I feel this is a personal attack on this. It stuff. is. Just, so I was about I was to say, this, to say, that happens when Dave works on <laughs> things. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's when you start passing over like uh, edits. It's, uh, was it, wait, It's hard short, to connect once you put it. Final, V1. And then we start I, working. I went, I, I re-edit, will, final, I will, final. I will edit. say I do have fi- uh, edit, one, final, 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 final two. Definite final. Yeah, I, do have, I just need to have numbers. One, two, three, four. And just, it'd probably be up to 77, but at least you won't have final. But yeah, it's, it's, it's making sure that all the, all the folders mm. are like neatly organized so that anybody who, say you've got like a different kind of editor who's coming on board, knows exactly where everything is. Mm. So you got another one, Scott? Uh, yeah, so just in terms of um, if you've got 
any kind of visual effects planned for the the videos or films you, you're kind of doing is always be mindful of the environment that you're going to be shooting in mm. yeah just with embers we had the whole thing was just a camera test wasn't it in terms of like lenses and uh, how the months that the beings were going to look and yeah costumes yeah so yeah the whole point of embers was really to do costumes tests to see what it's like because they were having rifles and uh gas masks and things like that and to prove that it worked uh it was to obviously test the lenses out to see what zeiss super speed lenses were like because we wanted to see the short shallow focus and we also wanted to test visual effects but what we originally were going to do was we kind of had to fix a mistake because we i didn't so in the monitor when we did it because the figure was supposed to be out just out of focus looking weird like as if they weren't part of reality or something but we didn't make it out of focus enough and when you tried to make it more out of focus and post it looked a bit weird so the, then it was all about changing it so it, it was more like a silhouette with kind of like some kind of smoke or, or yeah, vapor yeah. coming off them but so that was kind of covering some uh, holes so to speak but so what you say in terms of the environment when it yeah, comes just, to just being having a like a, an actual fixed understanding of what you're going to be doing in post before because there's always that mindset of just oh, we'll, we'll, fix we'll, it fi- we'll film it now and just fix it in post but uh, having a clear kind of concept of where you want the shots to kind of go because there's the shots in ember of where there's uh, the point of view from one of the soldiers and he's walking down keeping an eye on the actual silhouetted person yeah so you know this that he's just sat stood still in the trees and then you're kind of going through and it's a really kind of nice shot but you've got all these trees and branches and everything's kind of like moving and waving in the scene where when I had to try and either first off track it, yeah, I had to do it by hand because there was no way of actually tracking it through. Frame like, by frame through, by frame. Yeah, it was, it was just a huge pain in the ass. Yeah. And then there was the whole fact that you'd have to try and rotoscope around the moving trees and leaves. It just, it, it was a shot that took the longest time to do because there was just the idea of... Scott can do it, yeah, yeah, don't yeah, worry. That's we'll, we'll it. Kind of... Yeah, that's it, yeah. And there's never, and even if it's, if it's, if it's, if you look at, if if somebody saw it and it looked like, one, say, one of the most poorer shots in it, you don't appreciate the amount of work that would have gone into make that shot. And it's literally I mean? two seconds People would just well, go, think, yeah, if, if, the if, if, edit, so. I'm not saying it is, I'm just saying, just see what I mean, if, if, if we would have done a bit more effort in the beginning to actually work out what the environment was and what the exact shot we're going to do, um, yeah, that shot could have been better, couldn't it, in terms of how to do it? So in terms yeah, of, if you did a shitload of work on it, and, and would you so say it was exactly how you wanted it, you're probably going probably to say yeah. no. And that's something that we're going to have to think about in terms of Patreon, because there are going to be like the wooded scenes. And yeah, yeah. Where if we've got, make sure that, you know, we've got the the storyboard and shot list kind of locked down, then that's yeah. what we're going to stick to. Yeah, yeah. And then figuring out what kind of, A, tracking points that we can kind of put in yep. so that we can try and track the camera and that we can just kind of get out easily yeah. and there's nothing going to be in the way. And if there is something you want in the foreground, that, that's something that we could do afterwards. So if you wanted like trees or leaves, we could kind of put that in post instead of actually yeah, having to take the, the long-winded way of filming it yeah. and then trying to cut yeah. out afterwards. And it was yeah. supposed to be a small little film that we edited together in a couple of weeks and it went on for months. Yeah, didn't it, it took so, ages. Um, which, um, but it looks better, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, uh, my last one really is just um, the music has to be bespoke. It's like we did try different kind of loops, which was 
say for weight, you could say there's three different sections. There's like wandering in the open space and then there's in these dark woods, which is supposed to be a bit creepier. And then there's like a, an action piece where they have a fight and then there's an emotional bit at the end. So it's like four different types of music, but it's got to be the last one, which is emotional is all right because there's a cut to black in it and then you can fade in that. But the other ones was actually really, really tricky to compose. And you can't just find music, which like you can put in here because all music composing is based around timing. Well, in, in terms of that type of film was very much when an emotion changed, you had the music yeah. had to change, but it had to be the same piece of music. You couldn't fade one out and put fade another one in, which what we were originally going to try and do. It was, is it Film Pro, Filmstro? There's, what's the Filmstro, yeah. Filmstro, which was an amazing concept, which was as like, you have one piece of music and throughout you can change points in terms of making more well, the three it's, seconds. It's, it's momentum. Like, it's like momentum. Uh, intensity. Intensity. Or... And by putting it up and down, it did actually kind of work quite well, but it only worked for one section. Yeah, yeah. You couldn't do the whole film. So then that's when I had to go through and actually uh, produce a bit of music. And every time, and every time, like, like when we would watch it, there was a little... I think when he's running, it's like, no, there should be some kind of sting there, which is Yeah, like, that was for, in weight, wasn't it, when... You, we thought that in, in the woods when it was kind of you mean in the woods when it was I just remember when you were looking at empty space where you were said you we need to have some kind of build of that so not yeah yeah uh, and you're right so it's kind of you just you can't anybody out there who's just buying you're just thinking of buying a track and then just putting it onto your film I would say a lot of times it's not going to work it's trying to find something if you can't edit it yourself if you don't have uh, maybe if you get something like, is it Soundstripe, where they can give you the, the stems, the stems, stems, which are like the layers of it, where you can move them about and fade. Because that's the big problem. If you ha that, Yeah, most people can't afford a composer, but it would be if you do have a piece of music, have the layers to it or the stems, so to speak, so you can fade away bits and then fade back on. Where otherwise, you just have the same piece of track and there's no emotions change, the location change. And, no matter how hard I tried, where any piece of music that we wanted to put just didn't work. It was it always just seemed to be. Uh, it only really worked when you know, <laughs> composed a piece of music exactly to the timing and stuff like that. Um, so Embers was a bit easier because it was just fading a couple of layers out and then fading them back in when the, the, the creepy bit happens again. The same thing, if you tried a couple of things, that, that sounded... If you put it on like you just took a load of shots and you just put on like, I think... Like when the, after Action the first montage, after, yeah, like after the first day of filming, I think I like put something. It was just like the best shots to send you guys to have a look, and I just put some music which just fucking suited it and looked cool, it sounded cool. But as soon as you put that onto the edit, it was like this is this is terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if it'd be everyone, so obviously a film really kind of push like elevates your uh, music, elevates your film, so to speak. So if you do. You have to have the layers and the, and the stems. You can't just have a piece of music and, and think turning the volume down here and putting it up there. Or if it's something like Filmstro, which may work for like commercial stuff, it might actually be perfect for that. But for film, it, it, I, just, I just didn't see it working at all. Um, it's a good piece of kit and a great concept and it might improve in the future, but in terms of... And especially when you put everything up, so like you put the intensity up, the momentum up, there was always a weird... Like it sounded really good, and all of a sudden they just put a weird layer in. It's like, oh, 
<laughs> and you can't well, maybe, take that maybe, out. Maybe work with the composer then. There's always an up-and-coming composer that you give a brief to. If, if you can afford that. it, yeah. Or if somebody, again, if you've got somebody Someone's who's part of the production to, or yeah. something or wants to you add to those, the showreel. You get those kind of um, MIDI packs where it's like different sound effects and yeah. music types that you can kind of put into... Uh, is it Pro Tools and well, that's what Cubase most composers like or producers yeah. do anyway. In terms of they don't actually write and get a sim- symphony orchestra and all that. It's bought loops and, yeah, and yeah. samples, but it's which is but you but you're still building that from scratch, aren't you? In terms of timings and levels and layers and it's just it's got to be bespoke to what your film is. It just it just doesn't work. Right yeah. it's so. strange to think that it's like such a visual medium. The the sound is what kind of really affects the. the end result yeah. the most i think because you could have something that's shot on like an iphone and have really great audio and you think that's really good yeah. but if you had something that was shot on like uh, Ari alexa anything but it's just like piss Terrible poor audio sound. and bad music it ruins it completely yeah and yeah. It just and the flow it of it, it the it emotion the, like um uh, a famous one is you know when george lucas showed star wars to in a room, he had Brian De Palma, director of Scarface. He had Spielberg. He had Scorsese, I think, and I think he had Francis Ford. So he had like the the dons of that time as directors, and they all said to him, "This is fucking crap. What have we done?" Apart from Spielberg, who thought it was good, because he showed him it without the music on it. Imagine watching Star Wars without John Williams's music yeah, yeah, on yeah, it. Yeah. It just the emotion's not there. I think he still had to. It's still, the, it was probably a crap edit as well. But they were just like, apparently Brian De Palma probably just laid into him going, what have you done? And he can't do this. You've wasted everything's money. And I think he helped him with like the scroll at the beginning when he started re-editing stuff. But if you think of watching, that's a good way if you, think, if you don't think music is important. Try watching, try watching Star Wars with the sound down and just see how good it is. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? It's, um, doesn't matter. It, it just elevates. That's the whole point. Is he could obviously. There's lots of films without music, or even things like Patriarch will have a lot more like atmospheric music rather than John Williams type symph- symphony themes. But still, it, it elevates it. But it's more. It's. I think most people will get that. But it's the fact of don't think you can download or buy a track and stick it on your film and think it will work. It don't. You got. It's got to be bespoke in timings and feelings. And and I was more prevalent than ever when we did wait because it, ju- it was like four very different scenes it was kind of like a i don't know like a western type scene when you're walking around there's like a horror type scene for when you're in the woods there's an action scene and there's an emotional scene and all of those are very different but i couldn't keep fading down and fading mm. back up it's got to be the same track with di- just layers all like, taking layers away so just think about that if you um and if you're getting into compo- composing yourself i'd recommend something called music maker um it's actually really cool. It's got loads of loops and things. There's not an advert, by the way, but it's only because I downloaded it not long ago, uh, a couple of weeks ago and I've been playing around with piano and guitar on it. And it's actually really cool. So if you're getting into it, if you can, you don't have to be able to play an instrument either. It's got all the loops and uh, soundscapes and all that stuff that you need. But um, How to make chopsticks sound cinematic. Yeah, <laughs> more cowbell. But that's about it, really. So it's kind of, there's, there's a million more and we'll be talking a lot more about them in future podcasts, but they were the main ones that we got. Hopefully a couple of those that will you'll learn from our mistakes in terms of making life a little bit easier for you or adding to the quality of your film. And and this is from guys who've been doing this 10, 10, between 10 and 15 years. So even if you're a beginner, it happens to the best of us. It's, it's, it's hopefully learning from our mistakes will actually let you cut some corners and you don't have to 
waste of time and money that we might have done with a couple of things. So hope 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 that helps. So what we're going to do, we're going to wrap up with a couple of with a film recommendation each, and that we always call it like a little hidden gem, the best film you haven't seen. Um, hopefully you haven't, but even if you have, watch it again. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Sean will go first. Here we go. Um, my one is called I Saw the Devil. It's Korean the, Korean, the oh, Korean thriller. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I, I love the Korean and Japanese films that I think a million directors over this way see Korean films and, and absolutely rob their idea or rebrand it in some yeah. way. Or what's, what's the summary? What's the synopsis? The synopsis. So um, <laughs> I think we, o- we open on a dark, dusty road. <laughs> yeah, seen one. <laughs> so there's a, a serial killer and uh, this serial killer happens to kill the fiancé of a very well-trained secret agent and the film then follows those two people throughout and it gets a little bloody and it get and it's it's a different take on like kind of the serial killer film what well, I think is really cool the CIA about agent has already found out who the killer is and then it's kind of like their their journey on from there so what's really cool about it is the only one to see where it's not really a spoiler alert but he actually because it's not like a chase down to find him the secret agent guy actually catches him early doesn't Let's he go. and puts a tracker in <gasps> no, his no, no, stomach give away that <laughs> bit oh but that's yeah, like, a uh, that's, that's, right that's a spoiler <laughs> but the whole film is about <laughs> you don't, don't even have to watch the film now guys <laughs> Dave just told you everything <laughs> no it's not at all it's probably in the trailer but it's just the fact that it's about her he then goes about torturing that man's life. Yeah, it's like he's, he knows where he is and what does he do to him. And you kind of weirdly follow the serial killing. There's parts where you kind of feel sorry starts, for him starts, because starts. he's trying to get away and he's doing everything to do but it. But don't worry, he, he brings he, it back to he being does, a yeah. serial killer kind they, of they guy. They bring it back. Guy. Yeah, so that's cool. But Scott, what's yours? So mine is uh, The Fountain. You know, the oh, really? Hugh Jackman. Yeah, Hugh Jackman. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen it? A long, long time ago, yeah. It's, a, it's absolutely surreal. Like the, it's, it's a slog. The, <laughs> there's a plot summary, uh, they put it down, and it doesn't describe it at all. <laughs> it's like, as a modern-day scientist, uh, Tommy is struggling with morality, mortality, sorry, desperately searching for the medical breakthrough that will save the life of his cancer-stricken wife. But there's like three different versions of the, of the story that they're telling. So there's the modern-day version of him, but then there's the, uh, the past version. It's like Spanish Civil Spanish War. Spanish conquistador so. trying yeah. to look for the, the tree right. of life. And then there's the future version where he's, I think he's got the tree of life and he's... Is it thousands of years in the future? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And he's flying towards um, <laughs> Shabolba, I think, is what he's supposed to be. So it's meant to be the final destination of, of, of life. Uh, there's no... Way of being able to just describe watch it. it is it your, and watch just it. watch it. Yeah, it's, it's Darren Aaron Darren Aronofsky. Yeah. yeah, if you the like his is, films, you'll like you'll definitely. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, his yeah, best. It's, it's a beautiful it? film to yeah. watch. And if you don't get it, they actually turned it into a comic with uh, DC Comics. Oh, so they? they've expanded into the story in that way. It's got the beautiful Rachel Weisz. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, I was kind of, it's hard to explain it that. Is really it is really hard to explain. explain. Watch the trailer and you'll know even less. I, <laughs> yeah. I do know that because I, I remember when I you told me. I watched it. I went, oh, that looks good. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. He told me it was really because the soundtrack's amazing on oh, it. Because I remember writing a patriarch to a lot of the soundtrack and you, you said, and I'm kind of like, oh, I'm going with this. And I keep getting like, do you know, and you keep going to be, you think, I need to be in my frame of mind to watch no, this. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 basic, it's a bit like the whole, is green screen quite a lot of it, isn't it? Or is it all... There's, well, there's a section where he's in space yeah. and he's flying in a ball that is surrounded by the tree of life and it, his wife is in the tree, I think. I don't know. 
that's what I've been trying to grasp. But she's there as a spirit, showing, telling him to like not worry about it too much or something. I really don't. Well, it's like they, um, it's out there. It's, it's a great this, film. You yeah. could you could sit there and have dif- different people deconstruct it and give you different theories. But that doesn't mean it's, it's, it doesn't mean it's a bad. Yeah, because I watched David Lynch's Lost Highway, and all the way through, I was going, "What the." F- <laughs> going on it's but I was enjoying film. it yeah, you know, yeah, it was yeah, like yeah, I was, yeah. I was, I'm into this film but this is weird yeah I, I, uh, but yeah no that's a good one uh, and my last one is The Void it's kind of um, I'm a bit massive fan of it it's, it's one with a pretty low budget I think it was actually a Kickstarter when yeah, it, yeah, I, it, I, I didn't pay for all of it but I think it helped with but what it is, it's essentially, it's a very, there you go. So when Sheriff, De- <laughs> Sheriff Deputy <laughs> Carter discovers a blood-soaked man limping down a deserted road, he rushes him to the local hospital with a bare-bones night shift staff. As cloaked cult-like figures surrounding the building, the patients and staff inside start to turn ravenously insane. Trying to protect the survivors, Carter leaves them into the depths of the hospital where they will discover a gateway to immense, immense, sorry, evil, can't even read. But it's, it's, it's a re- it's it's re- it's small budget, but it's actually it's one of those ones where you think it's going to be a crap B movie, but it's actually very well acted, it's very well directed and produced and put together. And there's two directors, and they did most of the visual effects, they did most of the practical effects themselves. Or well, one did one, one did the other. Yeah. I think they did have a crew, but um, they did a lot of it. But it's a real callback to like uh, eight, references to all 80s, 80s kind of films, like yeah. it's very Hellraiser if you like mm-hmm. Hellraiser is very a lot like that the thing there's a lot of that in it in terms of like creature effects and stuff it's very have you seen a Prince of, Prince of Darkness by yeah, yeah. Um, John Carpenter it's that kind of it's very Lovecraft it's very kind of like cosmic horror whatever you call it um, and it, it sounds simple and it sounds like a, a B movie but I would say if you like horror watch it because I thought it was really great it was kind of I remember watching it once and I was kind of because you watched it and you liked it Scott, didn't it? and I was kind of like yeah it was alright but I think I watched it like two in the morning after watching like two other films so I wasn't really paying attention to something and then it was another night where I just put that on and I was like this is fucking right up my alley you know um, it, but, it doesn't uh, like explain much to you either you, you, you basically go in as yeah. the, the sheriff character, and you know exactly what he knows, and that's it. Yeah, I, so there's I like loads that. of things going on, but nothing's explained. It's a mystery explained. of what's happening, yeah. who are this cult, why are they there, what's going wrong, where are these weird demon, demon creature things go? Just watch it. If you're into horror, body horror, Lovecraftian, Hellraiser, Clive Barkery, Cronenberg y, H.R. Uh, Giger, a little bit maybe, I don't know, but, but it's that kind of strange, awesome. Uh, 80s inspired horror so if you can't but they're good three good uh, different there you go there's your weekend to have three different kind of so you've got a Korean revenge movie would you say it's kind of like a yeah, action thriller action revenge, thriller, revenge. A bit of horror in there as well you've got an exis- existential <laughs> weird romance, you're, you're, romance? You're, you'll come yeah. out of it Emotional, not really understanding who you are the fountain what was it I saw the devil was it rem- you got the fountain. the fountain was the existential emotional historic <laughs> <laughs> And my uh, The Void, throw blood in the face of people type film. Um, but yeah, that'll be a good weekend. Emotion, emotional roller coaster, but otherwise... Crack a beer, enjoy yourselves, yeah, thanks watch for some me. films. Thanks for your time, guys. This has been much appreciated. This, uh, but yeah, so... All right, guys, so thanks very much. And uh, we'll be back in touch next week. Cheers now. Bye. Bye-bye. 
To find out more about the making of Patriarch, follow the team on social by searching Patriarch Movie on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Or visit patriarch-movie.com for more information. This podcast is sponsored by Zimplify, sales and marketing automation software that helps your business grow fast. Go to zimplify.com forward slash patriarch to get 20% of your first three months. That's zymplify.com forward slash patriarch. We're also sponsored by Mostly T-shirts, mostly.com. Fun and random t-shirts and hoodies for real film fans. See if you can get the references. Visit mostlytshirtsmostly.com to buy your next favorite t-shirt. This podcast was produced by Wagyu Films.